0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Talk show Recorded live. You're listening to Pastor Helen Young of Grace Worship Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. A life changing fellowship. Join us while she ministers God's word today, which heals food for the soul. You will be blessed and enlightened. Let us join in with the service already in progress. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 5. Starting at verse 1, it says And seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are all the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11 says, Bless are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Verse 12 says, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. We're going to talk today about food. For the soul. Say with me, food. food. For the soul. For the soul. For our heads. Blessed Savior, we thank you for the word this morning. We thank you that it is nourishment to our spirit man and that we will be fed and strengthened to go on this day and throughout the week. Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory and honor that all that hear the word of his disciples. And the scripture says that he went about and began to do the work which God had sent him to do which was to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And it says that in chapter 4 that Jesus went about healing all manner of sickness all manner of disease among people and it says in verse 24 of chapter it says that his fame went throughout all Syria and that they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torment and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatics those that had the palsy and he healed them and there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and so forth and so on. But it says that immediately after Jesus was tempted, he came out, and you know the story. He chose some of his disciples and began to call them to do a work for him. But Jesus went about teaching the people, healing them. He was teaching them the gospel, and he was healing them of all infirmities, lunatics, crazy people and all of it, those who had demons in them, he was casting them out. And they were following him, and his fame had begun to spread. For it said, come, this man is doing a work that had not yet been done at that time. Jesus begins up in chapter 5, and he began to look out at the multitude of people. And when he saw them, he went up to a place, and his disciples came. And because Jesus, being a compassionate and a loving Savior, he knew the people were hungry. He had already healed them, delivered them, but they were still hungry. So he began to feed them. And verse 2, it says, and he opened his mouth and he taught them. You've healed them, you've set them free but they were still following him because even though they had that healing and they were set free, they were now empty. They had already let go of that attachment, so they had already had a hole in them that needed to be filled because once you remove something out, something needs to be put back in. When he looked at them, he knew that they needed food for their soul. And what he begins to do in verse number three, he began to bless them. It's the first thing he says is to speak blessings to them. And let me tell you something. You'll have more people that will listen attentively to you if you give them something that they can attach themselves to. It's not always natural or material things, but a good word in season. Will bring about a harvest. Amen? So he begins with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Because when you look at the first thing he talked about was the poor, it's not necessarily talking about financially poor, but poor in thought, pure and poor in heart, and Pour in their consciousness and awareness of life itself. So just look at when he says blessed. You know, everybody say these are the Beatitudes from uh, uh, verses 3 all the way up to verse number 12. But let's start at this. When he said blessed. So what is the word blessed? It means spiritually prosperous. Blessed, you shall be blessed in the city, blessed, all of that. But Jesus began to talk to the people to tell them that you are good and that you are capable of doing great and noteworthy things. He says, Blessed, which is spiritually prosperous. How many of you want your spirit to be prosperous? We do. We want our spirit to be prosperous. Let me take you over to this one to, to let you know. Over in the book of Third John, it's just that one chapter, verse number two. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. He wants you to be prosperous, naturally, physically, spiritually. He says, "Above all things, I want you to prosper, be in good health, and your soul prospers." All right. So listen to what this means when he says, "Poor in spirit." And so what do you mean, the poor in spirit? That means the humble, you're lowly and devoid of spiritual arrogance. You're not arrogant. There are so many people that get all pumped up because they say, I'm a Christian, I'm better than you. lowly mindset. You prefer your brothers over yourself. Look at this. In, In the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 25. Let's go over there for a moment. Matthew 11 and 25. Listen to what the Lord is saying. In verse number 25, and it says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because I have hid these things from the wise and prudent that has revealed them unto your babes. When Jesus talks about babes, he's not talking about little ones that are crawling. He's talking about those that have a low mindset, which don't think themselves to be so glamorous soul, this and so that that you get outside. Don't be heady. What do you mean? Just don't think yourself above every of everything. When he made that statement, he says, I've hid those things. So what are the things that are he talking about? The truth, the knowledge of his word, how you can have peace and all of that. What he said, I've hidden it from them. What? He said, God, because the ones are can even receive the truth about God. You know, the millionaires, it's hard for them to accept Jesus because they got the monies in and they feel like, you know, I got The famous, the greatest in the kingdom of uh, heaven. So when the Lord is talking about a little child, do you know as little children? What? Over your sins and you repentance. Lord, let me tell you something. With that true repentance heart, And I'll take care of you. Because your servants are living better than I am. They didn't ask for the money that I wasted. But yet, and still, you take care of that. That's a morning attitude when you begin to say, Lord, I've sinned. Help me, Jesus, not to do this. Strengthen me on the inside, God. Lord, I desire truth within my inward parts. But it says that you are forgiven and you're refreshed by God's grace because you realize that you're fed, you've repented, and God has forgiven you. And listen to this. The last part of that says this, for they shall be comforted. Did not the father of the prodigal son, did he not comfort his son that came back? Did he talk about it when he came back? You know, good rascal. He didn't say anything like that. He said, oh, kill the fattest cat. Get my robe, my ring. I want to honor him. I want to restore him. He was, that means he was confident to be restored back. God and the Beatitude was blessing the people as he was feeding their soul. Can you imagine those that had been healed? And set free. And then we said, Lord, thank you for my healing. I appreciate it. What must I do? Fill me. I want more of you. Not no longer for a, a healing or a miracle, but I just want to be with you for where you are. I want to be there, too. And you blessed them. And verse number five, listen to this. <clears throat> it says, blessed are the meek. For so they shall, what, inherit the, the earth, the land. So what do you mean by the meek? <clears throat> the meek is gentle, kind-hearted, and self control That's what he's talking about, the meek. He says what? They are spiritually secure. Ah, they're gentle. They're worthy of respect, those who are meek they a sweet spirit and they self-control. And he says, you'll inherit the earth. <clears throat> Go with me to Matthew chapter 11, <clears throat> verse 29. Jesus makes a statement and he says, well, back up to 28. He says, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But 29 says, take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest into your soul. What? Heart. God will use people if they are meek and not trying to get the glory and the honor. He'll use them besides somebody that's arrogant. Before God could use Paul, we start with Saul. Before he could use Saul, what did he have to do to him? He had to put him in a position <clears throat> to humble himself. And when he was on the Went to the because when he had that experience with the light shining and the man with him that saw the light and it heard his voice, he says, Paul, he says, Paul, Saul, why do you keep, you know, persecuting me? Don't you find it hard to keep kicking against me? Don't you find it hard to keep kicking against me? Paul didn't say, no, who is this? He said, oh, Lord. He recognized that there's a God greater than him. And God had to bring him to a point of him being meek and lowly in order for God to use him. Because Paul had written more than books in the New Testament. But he had to be humbled in order to get the good fruit out of his life. He had worth and value. Yes, he did. But God wanted it to be for his glory and honor and not that of the enemy. And see, once he got... Revelation, God spoke to him and says, I want you to be a light to the Gentiles. I need somebody of your caliber, with your charisma, to go there to the Gentiles. I got the disciples, they're going to the Jews. He said, but I want you. I need somebody with your capability, your ability, but get your pride out of the way. And see, so the Lord was always dealing with Paul because of the knowledge to puff up. But he he, he asked the Lord three times, "Would you remove this thorn in my thigh, Which means a pride issue. And the Lord said, "Look, my grace is sufficient for you." Paul had got to a point where you know you can get heady and whatever, and you want to do this. And he said, "God help me," because, because I don't want you to ever get lifted up and thinking that you are this great and awesome person. I want you to know that all your strength and your help come from me, the Heavenly Father. Amen. Amen. And Psalms 149, I want you to go over that with me. Psalms 149 and verse number 4. Let's look at this for a moment and see what this says. Psalms 149 and verse number 4. Listen to what this says. For the Lord takes Pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meat, the those lowly in heart, with salvation. You know, I've known so many people, I'm quite sure you know them, that cannot get above what they are capable of doing. And they, they won't give God credit. They won't say, well, God does. They'll look at this and say, it's the Big Bang Theory, instead of saying, God created the heavens and the earth and set everything in its place. Amen. Look at verse number 6. Verse number 6 says what? Blessed are they which do what? Hunger and thirst. Where? After righteousness. So what are we talking about? He says blessed, in this instance it says what? You are joyful and you are nourished by God's goodness. In verse number 6 are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness what do you mean hunger and thirst for righteousness those that seek right standing with God what he says hunger and thirst when you hunger and thirst you're hungry and thirsting after after what the righteousness of God but there has to be a hunger and thirst in you amen Psalms 42 says as the heart panted after the the Samaritan they were talking about that so the thing of it is is this she tells Jesus if you knew who I was if you knew my lifestyle you would ask me for water and she leaves there because Jesus made a statement the water that I give to you is not from this well but he was giving her spiritual water because that was a hunger and a thirst in her for something more than what she had. Because she had been through several husbands. She didn't lie about it and say, oh, not me speak to the hand. No. <laughs> she says, I'm not married. Jesus said, yeah, the one you with, he's not your husband. And after her soul had been filled because she was hungry for the truth of God's word, what happened was this. She goes out and she began to tell people. And she told men. Or I said, come see a man that has told me all about myself. And the man went. And they made a statement. It wasn't because of what she said. He said, what? You would have never known that had she not brought that word to you. Amen? Amen. uh, Amen. And, excuse me, look at Psalms 63 and verse number 1. Go there with me, Psalm 63 and verse number 1. It says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary." His soul, his body was thirsting for God. Let me tell you, this. have you ever gone to a place and you need to hear a good word and you go there and maybe you didn't get that what you needed and you left hungry? I remember coming up and, and gone to this church and I left empty. I went there hungry. I needed something to satisfy this longing on the inside of me. I needed that word, and I went there, even though there was a word. It didn't fill my hungry and thirsty soul. And I cried out, and said, Lord, direct me to a place where my soul can be fed. And I remember going to church, and when I left there, I remember telling those with me, don't you feel full? Has not your soul been satisfied? Then I could see, really sing that song, so my soul longeth for thee. Oh, when you're thirsty, you want that quenching water man, you just don't want, you know, you just don't want anything. It's like going to fast food and going to home-cooked. The fast food is there and then it's gone. But when you sit there and you get that that, that whole food, I mean, that good old home-cooked food, maybe you got rice and maybe you got beans and you got collard greens and you got things like that. I mean, it, it just strengthens you and fills you up. Maybe you had a bowl of oatmeal, and it filled you up and kept it there. Amen? Your natural body was hungry. Now your spiritual man is is hungry as well. Turn to Psalms 107 and verse number 9. Psalms 107 and verse number 9. Look at what is being said there. 107, verse number 9. It says, for he satisfies, oh, I just love this the longing soul, and filleth the hungry soul, what? With goodness. That's nothing like being strengthened in your inward part. David made the statement, he said, I desire truth in my inward heart To give it. Look at Matthew's chapter six, verses fourteen and fifteen. Just turn over Matthew six and look at verses, <clears throat> excuse me, fourteen and fifteen. Listen to this. For verse fourteen says, "For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you." Right. Okay, fifteen. But if ye forgive not men. They are trespasses. Neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So what is he saying? If you don't be merciful and forgive, then he's not going to forgive you. Because we're supposed to be disciples of Christ, followers of Jesus. He leads by example. And we're to follow that example. But if he forgave us, you know, We ought to have a desire to forgive. That's not an easy thing, I should say, to forgive those that have really done you wrong. I like to put it this way. It is a challenge for you to forgive. And your foundation should be this, to stand on with that challenge. If I don't forgive when I stand before him, he won't forgive me. So what do you do? You say, Lord, this is something for me to do because of whatever they did, no matter how hurtful. And you know who's the first one that can hurt you the most? Your household and your church family. Those are the, you know, you expect it from your enemies, Even though it hurts, it does. You expect it. But when you have given your heart to the Lord and you're walking in the word of the Lord, your family is going to criticize you if they have not embraced Jesus. They're going to call you everything. That is not acceptable in your language. And then your church people. Because once you do good and you're walking in that, then they're going to be there in churches. I'm, talking, I'm trying to be for real with you. Straight up 100 they're going to be the ones saying they think they're better than somebody else. They just came into the church, been in the church uh, only uh, six months, and it's uh, and done, and they, they're jealousy. And a lot of times, new and old members of churches get hurt by people in church, and it becomes a challenge to forgive them. But as I say, everybody needs a foundation that they're building their house, and it should be on the grounds of I will forgive knowing that you do want to go to heaven and you don't want to burn in a lake of fire. It's either heaven or hell. There's no living ground. You're either going to be with Christ or you're going to be with the enemy. you you're either going to live and move on the streets to with gold, gates of pearl, or you're going to be in the lake of fire to burn for an eternity. Either way, you'll have eternal life. Without Christ or with Christ. So we have to know that we will be merciful, and merciful that He talks about is that forgiveness. Amen? Amen. Go to Psalms chapter 41 and verses 1 through 4. Psalms 41. I like to always give you scriptures so you'll have something to run to. Amen? In Psalms chapter 41, Verses 1 through 4, it reads as follow, blessed, what is that blessed, happy and spiritually prosperous. is he that considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him. What are we talking about? The man, oh, that is blessed and considers the poor. This is what we're talking about. He says the Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he shall be blessed upon the earth. And thou would not deliver him into the will of his enemies. Verse 3 says, The Lord would strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou would make all his bed in his sickness. I said, Lord, be merciful unto me, but heal my body, for I have sinned against thee. But listen, the Lord says, he will be merciful to you when you consider the poor. To so who are the poor? Those what? That are less fortunate materially and spiritually. Right. One thing that I love about what the Lord says about doing good to all men, how to be mercy and show mercy. Visit those in the prison. Visit those in the halfway houses. Visit those that are in the nursing home. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Proverbs verse chapter eleven, verse seventeen. I hope you're enjoying this. Amen. Proverbs eleven, and look at verse number seventeen. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul. But he that is cruel but troubles his own flesh. Look at that. Go to chapter 14, verse 21. Proverbs 14, verse 21. It says this He that despises his neighbor sinneth, but he that has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Let me read that for you again. He that despises his neighbor sinneth. But he that has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Amen. 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 Go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Turn over there for me. Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verse number 32. And it says, and be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted, oh, that's that word again. Forgiving but one another, even as God for Christ's sake, but has forgiven you. Oh, So we're talking about being merciful. Amen? Go right on there to chapter five of Ephesians. Look at verse one. And it says, Be ye therefore followers of God is dear children. Oh, my God. So what is he saying right then and there? That we ought to be loving and forgiving. Amen? Amen. Look at verse number 8. Verse number 8 says what? Go back to Matthew chapter 5, verse number 8. And how does it read? It says this. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they shall, what? See God. So what are we talking about, the pure in heart? We're talking about their integrity, moral courage, and godly character. The pure in heart means integrity, moral courage, and godly character. Amen? So what are we saying in verse number 8? Let's look at this. They are blessed. They are anticipating God's calm with God's presence. Rather, they are anticipating God's presence, spiritually mature, all the pure in heart. Those who have integrity, moral courage, and godly character. So they will see God. Amen? So let's look at some scriptures up there. Amen? Turn with me over to... Matthew twenty three and verse number twenty eight. Look at what this twenty three. You have been listening to Pastor Helen Young of Grace Worship Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Life Changing Fellowship. Thank you for joining us with today's message, food for the soul. We hope that you was blessed and encouraged with today's message. Till next time, be blessed and may God continue to bless you real good.